we are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. You may be seated this morning. Come on, isn't Jesus good? Man, I just said to Rach, my wife, I said, man, I feel like I'm at a 6 p.m. service. Any of you that grown up in church, you know what I'm talking about. Like the night services are always wild. The mornings are like, eh, because <laughs> half of you are still sleeping. I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church that we have fun in the morning. <laughs> no matter what, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've known before about Jesus, Jesus is fun and his church should have the best time in the world. You know, the church should be a party, the right party, the best party. It should be a party where people are just so lost in Jesus that they can't help but just give him all the praise and all the honor and all the glory, and they just can't help but lift his name a little louder. You know, you go to parties, and you're eager to dance and lift up all sorts of different things that aren't going to heal you, that aren't going to deliver you, that aren't going to save you, that aren't going to restore you, but when we get to God's house, this is the place where healing and deliverance and restorations happen. This is the place where we get to get sight and get to get vision, and so we should be having a party every single Sunday, every time we gather as a church. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have a party this morning. It's a 10.30 service, not the 6 p.m. service, JP. Get it together. Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Hey, I got a uh, message this morning. It's actually part two. If you were with us last week, I preached a message entitled, But Wait, There's More. But Wait, There's More, and this is uh, the second part to that message. Uh, last week, I didn't get to any of my points, um, full disclosure. <laughs> and so they said, what are you going to preach this week? I said, all my points, Lord willing. I was just, uh, I was lost in the message of, of the beauty of that story of um, Jesus being there with his disciples and feeding 5,000. And if you were with us last week, um, I mentioned this, that, you know, in, in those times, they only counted for the men. So, theologians and people that have had a lot more studying than I have, a lot more smarter, said that there's maybe 15, 17, 20,000 people in the place. It's a lot of people. And Jesus does something supernatural. And I'm just going to read the story and uh, just do a quick recap, and then I'm going to do my best to preach the points this morning. Pray for a brother. Um, but take notes today. You know, you, it's, it's all right to take notes in church and to have your Bibles in church. You know, it's okay. Here's why I say to take notes. Because this message may not be for you today at this moment in time. But two months from now, five months from now, six, seven years from now, you could open up a journal that you had one day and you could read this and you'd be like, this is for me today. So I encourage you to take notes here. But wait, there's more. Mark 6, 30 through 44. It's going to be up on the big Bible behind me. That's not a cop-out, though, for you to not bring your own Bibles. I'm judging you. <laughs> the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. Jesus knew the importance of prayer and rest and getting alone. We live busy lives and 
Jesus was very busy on earth, doing a lot of things during his ministry. But he said, hey, we got to go and we need to rest into a quiet place. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. I said it last week. You've ever been working so hard that you just forget to eat lunch? You forget to eat dinner? This is what happened here. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I'm so thankful that Jesus' character never changes. In the midst of being tired, in the midst of being hungry, he's compassionate. He's always compassionate. I don't know the Jesus that you've heard about, but the Jesus I know is a compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love Jesus. He's so good. This is why I serve him, because he loves me so much. So he began teaching them many things. Catch this, late in the afternoon, this brother's going for a while. Jesus is preaching a long time, okay? So he's preaching a series in a day. And it says, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said to them, you feed them. You, me, us, yeah, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. I said this last week, and I want to say it again because this is crucial. That right there is a poverty mindset. The king of kings, the creator of the universe, is standing right in front of them. And they're going, how are we going to do this? Many of you are looking at your situations and your circumstances and going, there's no way we can show up to the house of God today. There's no way we can give to God's house today. We don't have enough to do this. There's no way I can help my neighbor that's in need. I don't have enough for my own family. There's, there's no way. You serve the God of creation who is more than enough for you. This has to break in us. How much bread do you have, Jesus asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples, to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Imagine that logistics nightmare. 15,000 people. Yeah, go ahead and just sit them down in groups of 50 or 100. There's 12 of us, God, to Jesus. Yeah, just go ahead. Just have them sit down. I would have loved to watch that. It's just the way I read Scripture. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up towards heaven to his Father. And he blessed them. He prayed for them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. Catch that. He kept breaking it and giving it to them. Kept breaking it and giving it to them. They came back to him. Said, okay, I ran out. I got that group of 50. And Jesus, here's some more. Okay, I ran out. Here's some more. Okay, I ran out. Here's some more. Because with Jesus, there's always more. Woo! He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. <laughs> Jesus gives you leftovers. He's so good. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed that day. Such a powerful story, a powerful example that with Jesus, there is always more. There's always more. 
This isn't a, a, a money conversation. This isn't a conversation where I'm just going to be like, yo, with Jesus, you're just going to have a full bank account. You're going to get the best car. You're going to get the best clothes. You're going to be the man or the woman. Like, that's not this co- conversation today. This conversation is a faith-building conversation. This is a faith-equipping message that you can walk out of these doors no matter where you're from, no matter what you believe, no matter where you're going, that you can say, you know what? I have come to the resolve in my heart that with Jesus, there is always more. With Jesus, there's enough. I only need Jesus. You know, I mentioned it last week. I I love info commercials. I shared the story last week that those things captivate me. I'm glued to the TV. I started as a young kid waking up early watching Sports Center, and I'd flip to the next channel, and there'd be info commercials. Anybody ever watch these? <laughs> They're amazing. I love them. The shake weight, the belly bands, the mover things, the straps. You ever see move, those moving straps? These guys are lifting like massive bookshelves, and I'm like, that's amazing. I need it. And then you get it, and you're just like, I can't do this. This is a lie. I, I just love these things. These gadgets and things. If you don't watch info commercials, go turn them on. <laughs> You'll be fascinated. But one thing that I love about them is that they always catch you at the end. And this is where I try to get Rach to get on board, and she's like, I'm never going to buy anything of this. <laughs> Stop asking me. But they say something so profound. They say, right at the end, hey, but wait. It's like that voice. That's that guy's voice. You can just tell he's an info commercial guy. I don't know how his voice is, but he's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> you're like, what? He's like, but wait, there's more. And every time I hear that, I'm like, yes. I not only get one shake weight, I get two. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) He is the God of provision. (laughs) This is how I operate. (laughs) I laugh at these because people are glued to the TV. They're glued to this world going, this world has so much to give me. This world has so much more in store for me. With this world, there's more, Pastor, for me. It's a lie. It's a lie. With Jesus, though, There's always more. I've come to know this to be true in my life. I've looked to the world. I've asked the world to help me. I've asked the world to give to me. And they give. But it's wrapped around in deceit and lies and death. But when I know Jesus and when I came to know Jesus and and Jesus speaks to me, I know that with Jesus, there is so much more. He's like, not only am I going to throw in one shake weight, I'm going to throw in 10,000 shake weights. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Some of you are like, is that theologically right? I don't know if that's in the Bible. And I said last week, you know, if we trusted Jesus like this, would we be settling for what you're settling for in life right now? If you trusted Jesus so much like this, because see, you have to believe all this. You have to believe this. This is a faith journey. It, it takes time, and no matter where you're at on the journey, you're welcomed here. I got people all the time coming in my office that are different parts of the journey. I love it. It's amazing. People that challenge me because they're fresh to this. People that have been walking with Jesus for a long time. It's amazing. you got to believe this. It's a faith journey. So if you trust this word to see Jesus do miracles, and you trust that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, then why is this not happening in your life? What are you settling for? What have you settled for? And I ask that question out of love. Because I'm tired of seeing Christians... Walking around like this. So good. Oh, God, you're so good, man. Oh, man, I'm just... Anybody else see these before? It's me sometimes. I'm in my house. Man, God, you're... uh, 
so good, but you just got to come through. And I catch myself. I'm like, no, Jay, get out of that mindset. Get out of that. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of the impossible. And I start speaking faith to my own life. Because this is a faith journey, and i got to remind myself. David said, hey, it is well, soul, with you. It is well with my soul. I don't want to see your lives walking around just like, I want to see you walking around like, I got the God of the universe, his spirit living inside of me. Woo! People are like, that kid has got to get off of something. He is on something. But I wondered if we live life expecting more from Jesus. Not settling for where you're at today. Maybe it's the job. Maybe it's the relationship. Yeah, you know better than I know. Not settling. And so I shared the story that this miracle is so impactful because I'm getting to my points. Two minutes. They're back there looking at me like they're ready. But this miracle is so profoundly impactful because Jesus doesn't just say to the disciples, I see the need, and let me just pray a prayer, and everyone's going to eat. Because he's done that in the past. God did that with Elijah and back in the Old Testament. He blessed the food, and soldiers ate, and it just happened. But see, when Jesus came, what, what happened when Jesus came is that grace came, and with grace, it's an invitation. That's good. With grace, it's an invitation to now participate and to walk in the miracle. So Jesus doesn't say, hey, there's a bunch of people here that need to be fed. I'll handle this. Jesus says, hey, yo, disciples, you go feed them. And the disciples go, what? They have like a panic attack. They're over there like, <laughs> like how are we going to do this? There's 15,000 people. This is nuts. And they have a little powwow, and then they send Peter back with the two fish and the, and the five loaves. And they're like, yeah, we got this, but this isn't going to be enough, God. Or Jesus just sent them away. And he's like, no, that's enough. That's enough. And he blesses it. And what he does, it's so profoundly impactful. I need you to catch this. That he does this. He says to them, now go and start distributing it. Go and pass it out to 15,000 plus people. And it says that as the disciples began to pass it out, I read it like they had to come back to him and get more. They had to come back and get more. They had to come back and get more. It wasn't like Jesus just said it's done. Jesus is inviting you into this. What Jesus did is he invited his disciples into something they never experienced before because he wanted to show them how good he is and how much he loves them. That if he just did it, there wouldn't need to be dependency upon him. You know, I'm a man, and I'm pretty pretty self-confident. But you want to know the thing that I love about Jesus that he instilled in my heart? I'm so stinking dependent on him. Yeah. I'm so dependent upon him. Every single day, I need him more than I did yesterday. And I see this in this story, and these men just walk away. I can imagine the conversations. Could you imagine feeding 15,000 people? What happened? Like, just the, the conversation among the 12. But today, I want to I take the second half of this, and I want to just teach how we get into the miracle with Jesus. Okay? You with me this morning? How do we get into this miracle? How do we have such a faith to keep coming back to Jesus, trusting him for more for our lives? Well, the first thing that I catch from this is this. And there are a couple questions. Are are, are you available? Some of the single people are like, yeah. (laughs) 
I've been raising my hand in worship with this finger up all day. We see you. We got you. We're praying. Believing. Trusting. In Jesus' name. But are you available? Are you truly available? Are you available to jump into this? Or are you available on the sidelines still? Like, are you in this? Or are you sitting? I catch that in order for us to walk into this miracle and to walk in miracle-working power, to walk with Jesus knowing that there's more, we got to get in this thing. Blessing, well, is your heart open to him? No, I don't want him to take stuff away from me. But you want the blessings. Well, yeah. Well, the praises go up, the blessings come down. Yeah, I want that stuff. Come on. But I don't want him, you know, this. No, no, I'm good. It doesn't work that way. God's kingdom doesn't operate that way. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It's just the truth, but it can. It can. The moment you become available. The moment you become available and you open up your lives and you say, hey, what is in my hands today, I'm giving to you. What's in my heart, I'm giving to you. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know how you're going to make this thing happen, but I trust you enough. So God, I'm available. (laughs) I'm available. I'm here, and I want you to take what's in my hands, and I want you to do what only you can do. See, there's two types of groups that I see in this story, two groups that are available. The first is the people that ran ahead, the people in the story. It says that many ran ahead of Jesus in this story, right? They were available. (laughs) They made time. They didn't care about what their schedule held. It says that they ran ahead of Jesus. They were so eager and available that they wanted to go where Jesus was. I'm not saying get ahead of God's plans. I'm not saying get ahead of what he has for you. But are you so available that you're going to where Jesus is? Are you so available that you want to get where Jesus is at? It's a question. I want my life to be so available that I'm open to whatever Jesus would have to do in my life. I don't want to walk through life with a closed fist. I want to walk through life with open hands. And these people show me something profoundly impactful. They run towards Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, we're available. We canceled all the plans. Just teach to us all day long. Some of you are literally looking at your watches going, when am I getting out of this joint? I'm ready to go eat some brunch. We laugh. It's the nature of us. What happens if I would just start teaching for hours? (laughs) I should try that some Sunday. People are like, no, I don't think that's a good idea, Pastor. (laughs) Are you so available, though, in your own life, in your own time, in your own house, in your own spheres, to be available to Jesus and what he would do for you, trusting that he has more for you? Are you like those people that want to get ahead and be where Jesus is at? That's the first group. The second thing that I see, the the individual, is the little boy. It's not mentioned in Mark. But this little boy is mentioned all throughout the the Gospels in this miracle. This miracle is mentioned throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it says that this little boy is the one that actually had the fish and the bread. And I just imagine the disciples being like, yo, kid, come here. (laughs) I smell that food. Give me that bag. You know, these kind of ragtag bunch of disciple dudes. You know, that kid could have been like, no. (laughs) They tried to steal my lunch. Boy, I'm not giving him my bag. (laughs) They said, hey, 
But I think something so cool about this little boy, he was available. He was available. He didn't say, no, this is mine. This is all mine. This is all mine. He said, no, I'm so available. There's a whole bunch of people here. He, I just imagine this little boy kind of standing there like in amazement. Like, yo, how did they get this crowd here? How did they get all these people here? Oh, Jesus is here? The, 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 the Jesus that I've heard about? Because Jesus' name has been ringing all throughout the, the country land. He's been, he's been talked about. He's been spread. So he's, I just imagine a little boy like, Jesus is here? And they're like, yeah, give me your lunch, kid. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Jesus is here. You can just smile. Like, you know, you have those friends that are always bubbly. It's Rachel. She's like, oh, Jesus is here. I'm like, but how are we doing this? She's like, Jesus. <laughs> He's like, here. Here's my lunch. I'm available. I'm here. I'll give you what's in my hands. Take, take my lunch and just give it to Jesus. If Jesus, just take it. I'm here. I'm available. That little boy didn't hold on to his stuff. He didn't hold on to his insecurity. He didn't hold on to his pride. He didn't hold on to his plans and his selfish ambition and his stuff. He said, God, I'm going to give you my stuff because I'm available. This is a good word. There's more with you, Jesus, but we got to be available. I hear Jesus saying today, if you would just release what's in your hand, better yet, if you would just release what's in your heart, I will release what's in my heart for you. You know, if you would just, JP, if you would just release it today, if you would just become available, I will release what's in my heart for you. God has a plan for every single one of your life. That's such a church cliche thing to say, but it's the truth. God has a perfect plan for your life. He's got a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a hope in a future. He that began the good work in you is going to carry it to completion. He is the God of more than enough for your life. He's got a plan beyond your wildest dreams for you. If you just say, God, it's in my hands, I don't get it. I don't understand it. That's church thing. It's a little weird. These people are always yelling at me, telling me to lift my hands, doing crazy stuff. I don't get it, but I feel your love, God. So you know what? I'm going to be available for you, God. Come on, I'm teaching to somebody today. Like, I'm available. Yeah, you are, Jay, so I'm going to release what's in my heart for you. Woo. What's in your heart, God? Freedom. <laughs> freedom. Not the freedom we talk about, but the freedom that we actually get to live out. Freedom, Jay? I got freedom for you. Oh, oh Jay, I got peace. That surpasses all understanding for you. So when you walk through trials and you walk through chaos and you walk through confusion situations, I got peace. Peace. Oh, God, you got peace for me? Yeah. I got grace for you, JP. Trust me, Jay. You need a lot of grace. And I'm like, I know, God. I got mercy for you. I got love for you. He wants to release what's in his heart for your life. Will you become available for it? Or are you still tight-fisted, closed up, like, no, I'm not available yet? Hey, we're praying for you. I was going to say something else, but nah. We're praying for you. That your life would become available to him. Because I see it in this story. The second thing is this. Are you expectant? Are you expectant? Are you trusting God to do the possible when everything seems impossible? Are you expecting God to do the possible when all you can see in front of you is, man, this is a hard road ahead of me. But are you expectant? Expecting is a belief. It's a belief that you believe 
that something good is going to happen or it's going to happen in the future. That's the Webster Dictionary. It says a belief. Catch that. I read that and I said, man, it doesn't say a feeling. I just got the feelings. I got the vibes that something good's going to happen. <laughs> Everyone's always like, it's good vibes in here. I'm like, I know. I'm just vibing out in here. And then I want to say like, hey, it's the Holy Spirit, but it's cool. Just vibe out all day long. It's cool. So like, who's the Holy Spirit? Just thankful we don't use the Holy Ghost anymore in the church. Like, they're ghost vibes? Oh. <laughs> church kids jokes. I'm sorry. But are we expected? Do we expect God to move in our lives? Do we trust Him to move in our lives? Is this a feeling or is this a belief? See, I believe the young boy had a belief. He didn't have a feeling. He just knew this was the Jesus that healed people. This was the Jesus that restored people. I got an expectation in my heart that nobody's going to tell me otherwise. See, he was firm in his beliefs. He walked this thing out. He was so expecting that, you know what, that he is going to do something beyond my wildest dreams. You know, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Wait, wait, hold on. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, God has something so supernaturally amazing for those who love him. That's a requirement to get that? Love him? Yeah. <laughs> Scripture says love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. You want to know how you can walk out this life every single day trusting that there's more for Jesus and be expectant? Knowing that Jesus has so much store for you that you can't even think about what he has in store for you. You can't even understand what he has in store for you right now. He can't, you can't even hear it. You can't even see it. He's got so much in store for you that it's beyond what you can even imagine, what you could even hope for. You know, I want to live my life like this. I want our marriage to be like this. I want my son to, to rise up and be a man of God, full of integrity and character and strength. I, I'm, I want to train him in this. I want him to see his dad. and look. You know, that man walks with expectation wherever he goes. I walk with expectation. I expect that God's going to do a miracle the moment I step out those doors. I expect that God's going to do something supernatural every time I step into a room. It may not be some conglomerate thing. It may be the littlest of things, but it's supernatural. See, you know what we've done as a church? We've lowered the supernatural to the natural. We expect this. Because I can see this. I can feel this. I can see what's happening here instead of raising our expectation to this where I can't even conceive it. My mind can't understand it. My eyes can't see it. My ears haven't heard it yet. But guess what? My faith level is through the roof. And I'm expecting that Jesus is going to do more for my life than he's ever done before. These people were expectant. They expected God to move. When you live with kingdom expectations, you don't pray and ask God for more. But you pray and say, God, help me to be faithful and do with what is right with what is in my hands today. See, this isn't a prayer to be like, yo, just give me more, God. Just give me more. Then I'll be expectant. No, be expectant today. Be expectant today. You're waiting on the job? Be expectant today. You're waiting on the release? Expectation today. You're waiting on the miracle? 
Expectation today. God, I, I don't need the miracle to praise you. I don't need the miracle to stand up in the front and lift my hands and worship you. I don't need that to happen. God, I have expectation that it's going to happen. So right now my belief is to believe that you are still good today. That with you today, there's more for you today. There's more with you today. Come on, this is a good word. Come on, anybody thankful with Jesus that there's always more? Let me just say this. We're almost done. The band's going to come up in a moment. Hey, you can take your doubts to Jesus. He's big enough. But you can't stay parked there. Okay? You're doubting this? Take it to him. He's big. Oh, he's so big. (laughs) He made the universe. Pretty big guy. He can handle your doubts. But he's not going to let you stay parked in that place. Okay? I want to live with expectations. I want to live with expectations that there's going to be leftovers. Hello. <laughs> Jesus left those boys 12 basketfuls of leftovers. And those, those boys were complaining about being hungry. He's like, yo, leftovers. I love leftovers. They're so good. Imagine a basketful of leftovers of fish and bread, though. But he did it. He did it. Anyways, the third thing is this. Are you usable? Oh, I don't like that word. Are you available? Are you expectant? And are you usable? When we live in faith that Jesus has more, we become a vessel. We become a vessel. When you give your life over to Jesus, what happens is is it's no longer you in the driver's seat, no longer you in control. What happens is is you take the passenger seat. And what happens is, is that he starts to speak things into you. He starts to put giftings inside of you, purpose inside of you, destiny inside of you. And what happens is, is that you become a vessel to be used by him. If you're not being used by God, then you need to go and you need to ask God why you're not being used. Is there stuff in your life keeping you from being used by God? Is there sin keeping you? It's, it's his job to show you that stuff. But I want to see you all be used by God. Well, this is just a way for him to get us to serve at the church. I knew it. Knew it. No, you know how, where I'd rather him use you? In your home? In your job? On these streets? On the subway? In the buses? In the restaurants? Anywhere else in between on college campuses and workspaces that God is so not in the place, but you walk in that place, he's in there with you. Are you being available to be used? Guys, when you start to live this way, things happen that you're like, what in the world is happening? I never thought that I could be this way. You know, the disciples were used in this miracle. He invited them, and then he said, I'm going to use you. It wasn't like Jesus just threw the bread to him and the fish to him. Oh, you're over there with that group of 50? Yeah, way back there. Here. No, they had to walk to him. Catch this. This is important. They had to walk to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm out. Here's some more. Are you being used enough, are you available to be used enough that you will walk continually back to the feet of Jesus? This is, this is, okay. We got to be people that are being used by God. Are we available to be used? And the last thing is this. I'm over, so no, we're going to take communion in a moment. I think this is the most important question. Are you faith-filled enough? Are you faith-filled enough to trust that with Jesus there's more? 
Okay, so fast forward. Jesus does this amazing miracle. I'm not going to read all the passages of Scripture. I don't have time back there. But the, the next, very next thing, the next miracle that Jesus does, the next supernatural thing he does is he walks on water. Literally the next verses, it's the story about Jesus walking on water. Okay? And so he sends his disciples and says, go, go, get on a boat and go. I'll meet you there. And the disciples are on a boat. And it says, late that night they were there in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble because the winds and the waves began to happen. The storm came, and Jesus saw it. And Jesus said, it says that Jesus, in the middle of the night, walked towards them. Jesus walks on the water towards them. Imagine that scene. I just saw 5,000 plus people get fed. Now this dude's walking on water? Come on. I don't know about you, but my faith would be through the roof. I'd be like, yo, dude, why are we complaining about the storm? He just fed 5,000 plus people. And now this dude's walking on water? <laughs> but it says something. Jesus spoke to them at once. Hey, disciples, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, and catch this, verse 52 in your Bibles, go read it. They were totally amazed. This isn't like, oh, amazing. This was like shock. Like they couldn't believe it. Like they were just confused. Because it says this, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Fast forward the next chapter. Jesus feeds 4,000 people. 5,000 people, then 4,000 people. And Jesus says that he says to them, hey, these people are hungry. And the disciples say, well, how are we going to feed them? Again! Again! He just fed 5,000. He just walked on water. And then there's 4,000 people. And the disciples are like, how are we going to feed them? And he's like, I have to do this every time with my children. What do we have? They're like, well, we have seven loaves. And he's like, okay, give it to me. Miracle. Bam. You know what I see here? It's not condemning the disciples. We're the same way. We're the same way. See, what happens is, is if we're only living with expectation and we're only living in faith when the miracle's happening, we're missing it. We got to live with faith-filled lives that even when we don't see the miracle happen, we still got faith for him to do it. If Jesus is walking on water to you today, you got to trust with faith that he's doing amazing things. If you need to be fed today, Jesus is going to feed you today. We have to walk with such faith-filled expectation that we know that he's going to do something credible for our lives. We don't have to wonder and we don't have to have hard hearts that we're not having the miracle right now. I don't have the miracle right now. You've already had a miracle and his name is Jesus Christ when he invaded your heart and overwhelmed you with love and overwhelmed you with grace and overwhelmed you with mercy. You have the miracles. You have it. So will you step in faith every time that you don't see the miracles? Or you're confused about what's happening. Will you just take one more step of faith saying, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. I trust you. God, help me to not believe that there's not more with you. Help me to not believe that you don't have enough for me. This is the message of Jesus Christ. That there's more. There's always more with Jesus. Come on, anybody thankful that there is more with Jesus Christ? Wow, this sounds really back to the 1030. Come on, anybody thankful that there is more with Jesus? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to take communion in one second. So the ushers, if you can prepare that, come on up now.
I don't want to miss this moment though. There's more with Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus in this place. Maybe you haven't come to surrender in this place. He wants to do that for you today. He wants to bring you home. He wants to bring you back into the kingdom of God. But maybe you're in this place and you haven't been living with faith-filled lives. You've been given in to compromise and you've been given in to your own control. He wants to speak to you today. He wants to revive you and restore you back to his heart. This is so important. Everything that I just said isn't as important as this moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you know you're in this place and you say, I want to I be faith-filled. I want to be overwhelmed by Jesus' blood. I want to give him my life today, my heart. I want him to be the Savior and the Lord and the King of my life. I want to surrender. I want him to wash me clean of my sins and of my past. I want him to be my Lord today. On the count of three, I want you to just slip your hand up in a second. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. Rift your hand up right now if you're in this room and you need to be faith-filled in this place. You want to surrender your life. Hands are up. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Second question, anybody in this room that needs to be revived? You've been walking with Jesus, but you've been doubting. You've been afraid. I want you to slip your hand up right now. If you're in this place right now and you need to, uh, to be revitalized by Jesus, slip it up high. Who cares who's around you? Slip it up high. Come on, we're going to pray a prayer together, church. Together in this place, we're going to pray this out loud. Jesus, I need you more than ever today. Be the Lord over my life. Be the king. Be my savior. Jesus, fill me with faith. Remove fear. Remove doubt. I want to be like you today. I trust you today, Jesus, that you are all of me. God, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you, Jesus, for your cross and for that empty tomb. So, Jesus, this morning, I thank you, God, that you are filling people with faith in this place. God, that you brought sons and daughters home in this place, God. God, that you have done great and wonderful things in this place today, God. God, as we take communion today, as we take this time to get at your table with you, God, I pray that we'll have a deeper moment of faith building here. That we'll recognize as we take the bread that represents your body, that was broken for us, beaten and bruised for us, not having us to do anything, but you taking it all. May we recognize that today. And as we take the juice, God, may we recognize that it represents your blood that was poured out, that was shed for every single one, God, so that in that shedding of blood, we get to walk in freedom. We get to walk in hope. We get to walk in a brand new life, Jesus. So, Father, I pray as we take this, that this will be a moment of remembrance of you. Father, we bless you, and we love you. In Jesus' name.